Your Honor, I object. I'm not out of order. He's out of order. You're out of order. In fact, this whole courtroom's out of order. And if I do say so myself, I think this whole country is out of order. Hey, thank you for checking out this podcast. I am Dave, and this is Right All Week. Please like, subscribe, and share. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Right All Week. We would love to interact with you there. Also, if you would like to send us an email, you can do that right all week at gmail.com. Please share these with your friends. We would be so grateful. And today I would like to talk about the tale of two trials. There are two bigger and better known trials happening right now. One of them is more local to me here in Florida. The other is making national news right now. So I will start with that one. That is the news about Shelley Luther's trial. Perhaps you've heard about that. Shelley Luther is the salon owner who dared to go to work when she was not supposed to go to work. Over there in Texas, they had a shelter in place or stay at home executive order happening there. And of course, you know, she kind of ran into a, a bit of a limited fun situation there and so of course so did some of her employees so she dared to open early and she got a bit more of a slap on the wrist and the time came to go to court there and then the judge of course uh, tried to make a bit of a deal with her and said hey we're willing to do a fine in lieu of time in jail if you'll just say you're sorry you know if you're willing to admit that you endangered the public by opening your doors and admit that this was a selfish act and that you owe the public and the authorities an apology then we'll we'll do a fine and we won't make you do any time here and uh, her response was uh was pretty cool I'm, I'm grateful to see that we've got somebody who's standing up for traditional Americanism and traditional freedom saying, listen, we're grown adults here. We actually don't need the, the government and the nanny state police state kind of here telling us what is safe and what is not safe. You just tell, give me the information that I need and I will make a decision as a homeowner, as a business owner, what I should or shouldn't do as a grown adult, as a responsible, mature intelligent human being what I can and can't or should and shouldn't do and uh but when he offered this choice you know she stood up and said hey listen it's not selfishness for me to offer my employees to make another decision of their own will you or will you not come to work I'm just gonna open the door if you need money to come and work then you can come to work and make money I have children I need to feed so I'm gonna go to work and try to make money so that I can afford to buy food so that I can feed my children that's not selfishness and listen I am not forcing people to come in through the doors. I'm just going to open the doors, and if customers want service, then I'm going to provide them with a service. And this is a response that she provided to them. You know, I'm not saying word for word verbatim, but this was the type of a response that Shelley Luther spoke in the courtroom with the jail time was the alternative to her. And she stood up, and I'm just, I'm really glad to know that there are still people out there who are going to stand up for traditional American freedom and say, no, I'm not going to let fear force me into a corner. But this is like such this typical leftist, progressive, statist uh, kind of a deal that say, you need to apologize. You need to say that you're sorry because you violated the ideals of people who the, who you don't agree with. It's time for you to apologize. Tell us that you're sorry. And uh, of course, 
That never works. When they offer us that deal, it's time for you to say you're sorry because as soon as you apologize, the whole thing's over, right? They always just let it go into the ether after that and just forget that there was ever any offense. No, of course, they never do that, right? They always come after more because now that you've admitted that you made a mistake or you admitted that you were wrong, now it's time to make you pay a price for that. That's pretty much what they always do. So I'm sure that if she had made an apology of some kind, they probably would have tried to shut her down for good. And I think she's a smart, she seems to be a smart person to me. I imagine she probably looked at that and said, you know what, a little bit of jail time to keep my salon is probably the best deal I can make here. I don't know that for sure. This is just me thinking about it out loud. And now I'm thinking also, okay, there's probably some really, uh, some smart Christian people out there thinking, well, if she really did, or if they think that perhaps there really was some kind of a public health risk here, I'm thinking, okay, honestly, salons have really high requirements to the environment that you're supposed to provide. There's usually somebody cleaning, I think, almost nonstop. The stuff that you have to do there to provide a sterile environment, it's almost up there with like doctor's offices. They actually have a really uh, high levels of a requirement, lots of things that you have to do uh, as a part of maintaining the cleanliness and the hygiene at a salon. So I'm sure that they were doing that, of course. But then also, just to meet that uh, request or that demand or just those thoughts, and I'm sure there's somebody out there thinking that from a Christian perspective. Okay, let's look at this biblically. What should you do as far as meeting the requirements or the, the moral obligation for an apology? Okay, well, let's. I'm going to reference a story in your Bibles, Acts 16. When Paul and Silas roll into a town and there's this girl there who's supposed to be like some kind of a fortune teller, prophecy kind of a person, but she's not doing it from a, a Holy Spirit. She's doing it from a demonic spirit. And she was somebody who actually worked for these other men. They used her to make money. So when Paul casts out the evil spirit, he, she could no longer make money for these men. So they get all ticked off. The community rallies around these guys. And now Paul and Silas find themselves thrown into jail. And there's a whole fracas in the city after that. Well, of course, Paul and Silas get out of jail. They end up going to the guard's house. That whole family gets saved. It's wonderful. It's good as the expanse of Jesus' kingdom. We like that part, but then now it's time the, the leaders in that community realize, oh, there's kind of a little bit of a boo-boo here. These guys actually haven't done anything wrong, uh, so let's see if we could just kind of sneak them out of the city without causing any further frustration for the community. And uh, you would think, oh, well, the guy, Paul, who wrote in another book, do everything that you can to make peace with everyone, would probably go along with that, right? No, that's not what he does. Actually, he says, um, no, it's not okay because you know what? We didn't do anything wrong. And we're here as ambassadors of Jesus. And it's not okay that the ambassadors of the king of another kingdom, it wouldn't be okay for us to just kind of skulk off and let everybody think that this reputation just gets totally thrown in the dirt. So, you know what? Those guys need to come back over here, and they are the guys who need to issue an apology before we leave. That's Paul's response. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but you can be, feel free to go grab a Bible, check it out in, Ma in Acts 16, and see the story for yourself. This is exactly what happens. Dave's in paraphrased version of it, of the story for you. So, sometimes... These are the kinds of responses that we need to do, too, okay? Was Shelley Luther guilty of doing something wrong here? Was she endangering anyone uh, irresponsibly? No. She was trying to feed her family. She was trying to provide uh, income so that her employees could feed their families. Was she forcing anybody to come into her salon so that they could get sick? No. She wasn't doing any of those things. Now, I'm actually really grateful for the 
other leaders in Texas, the way that they've responded to this, because even though the judge who found the situation as an opportunity for him to try to put the thumb down and find somebody that he could punish because, oh, look at the way we have this rebel over here. We need to do something. Uh, he tried to find a way to put maximum penalty on there. And other people above this judge, they have responded fantastically. Uh, the attorney general over there tried to to step up in her defense and the lieutenant governor stepped up to pay the fine and then even offered to take her place. The Supreme Court uh, stepped in to have the, over, the ruling overturned and then the governor of Texas over there did a retroactive amendment to the original executive order and said actually we're not going to allow anybody to serve jail time for any violation of the original executive order. Basically saying yeah we're not going along with this. So Really glad to see the way that that has turned out, and I'm really glad to see somebody like Shelley Luther, who I uh, claimed as my spirit animal on Twitter earlier, uh, that we're, there is a representation of the original spirit of Americanism being represented, and I need, personally, to see some more people stepping up and doing that. Now, that's trial number one. I did say there was a tale of two trials. I want to talk about trial number two before I let you go. If you're still with me, really glad you're still with me. Here's trial number two. Trial number two is happening right here in my own backyard. It's in Florida. What's happening in Florida? Well, in Florida, there is now a case being presented. They uh, want to go after the unemployment system here because we have a big side effect of shutting down the economy. A lot of people have filed for unemployment. Nationwide, it's close to 40 million just since... We've shut down, and I don't know the exact number of Florida right now, but it's uh, really bogged down the system. The ability to process the unemployment is ridiculous, but they're specifically going after the online system that was designed a long time ago. It's called Connect, and Connect is a mess. Even our governor here, Ron DeSantis, has admitted that it's a disaster. So Connect does not work well. We and pretty much everybody could admit that Connect does not work well. The response, though, then what they're saying what they want to do is have a class action lawsuit and sue the state of Florida because Connect's inability to help people who are now unemployed con collect unemployment benefits. I understand personally, I sympathize. I have been unemployed. When you find yourself all of a sudden going from, hey, I'm a hard worker, I'm getting earnings, I'm getting the wages that I have worked for, and now all of a sudden, due to nothing that you have done wrong, and all of a sudden you are unable to collect, you're unable to earn, and if the economy is tanking and you're, you can't find a new place to go and replace those earnings, it's really hard. I understand. It's super frustrating, and you go through all kinds of emotions. There's all kinds of questions that go through your brain, and it's beyond description. All of the, the tr struggles and the trials and emotions and mentals, I get it. It's really crazy, but, but there's a whole nother thing we're talking about here when you decide to go after your fellow constituents inside the state that you're living in and saying, hey... You owe me because I'm not getting the support that I want here. Now, in all fairness, yes, Connect is bad. But there's where did Connect come from? Did Connect come from all of the state of Florida? Did it come from all of the people that you live with? Did it come from the government that's been elected by the people that you also share state of Florida with? Uh, no. Personally, I think if there's anybody who bears some blame here, it's the people who created that system. You want to go after them? 
Okay, that's different. Maybe somebody should go after them. But let's talk about specifically what is happening here. People are basically saying that a charity, that's what unemployment benefits are. It's a charity. You need help right now. You're going to go get help from someone. Someone is a charity saying, let me help you in your time of need. So you're going to go after a charity for not being charitable enough, fast enough to help you in your time of need. Because where are the unemployment benefits coming from? Everybody else here in Florida who is still able to pay into it so that you can collect from it. And that's basically what we're saying now. I need help. You need to give me help. You need to give it to me now. I need it faster. That's kind of what's happening here. I'm still not saying it isn't true that Connect sucks. Connect is a disaster. But we, this is the moral description of the situation here now saying, okay, well, because somebody has obligated themselves, voluntarily said, yes, we want to help you in your time of need. But now we're saying, well, because they didn't do what they said they would do at the time that they said that they should do it, well, now we want to penalize them and put a consequence on top of it because they didn't come through like they said that they would. This is a big difference. And I don't like the way that this looks, uh, specifically what potential consequences are going to come down. When we go to court and say, okay, well, what's the loss here? Because now we're going to take something that should have been a charity and we're also going to describe it how. We're going to describe that as an entitlement. So now you're entitled to get paid when you lose your job still. That's the kind of a thing that I think they're going to have to find a way to describe. What is the loss? What should you be entitled to when you lose this loss? What kind of sort of compensations? How is it going to go? And these are the big kind of cases that change the shape of the future of the nation. There are lots of cases in the past when the way that they were decided, they changed the future for us. And I believe that this kind of a case has that potential. So we want to be careful. We want to watch this. Is this the type of uh, future that we want to decide for us? Or we say something that we voluntarily said we would like to give to you as a, as a charity. Are we now going to allow ourselves to say, well, something that was voluntary is now obligatory. And it used to be something that we did to help you is now we can impose consequences when it was shifted and looked at as an entitlement instead. That's something very scary. I want to change my thought here and go back somewhere else. If we look at the history, the way America used to be in the very, very beginning, the way the laws were decided, the way that the laws were written, and then the way the judges and the judiciary viewed it. The legislative branch is supposed to be the one that writes the rules, and the judges are supposed to look at it and say, hey, they've already written it, and it says this, and I don't get to add to that. And we're living in a time now where we don't have a lot of that segregation between those two branches very clearly defined. And we see a lot of overlapping where the judiciary branch, basically, maybe you've even heard this term, legislating from the bench, and even the legislature almost intentionally being vague with the rules that they write, and then allowing these the, the much of the details of the laws that they've written to pretty much just kind of get worked out when it gets to court. So they write a vague law, and then when it gets to the court, they just kind of let it get worked out over there. And so it's not a good idea to let the uh, court to decide, is it good is for these things to happen this way? So this kind of a court case is the potential for something like that to happen where something will be decided in court 
and then we will view the decision of the court case as though it were a law. And this is not what we want. We do not want courts to be writing laws for us. Another good example of this, in the beginning when we had the courts, they did not uh, decide things based on previous court decisions. They just looked at it and said, okay, well, what does the Constitution say? Whether it's the Constitution of a state or the Constitution, federal Constitution, the Constitution of the United States. They didn't do precedent. And precedent was something that got introduced much, much later. Precedent is something that's popular worldwide, was not popular in the United States until we've been here for a while. And that's something that has grown in popularity over time. And it's another example of the ways in which the United States of America has deviated from its original intent. So, I'm thinking we definitely want to be careful when we start doing things like this because we open ourselves up to precedent. Uh, setting a new precedent for the future where people are going to be entitled to things because we decided one day, I didn't like what happened and I want to change it. And then I don't think, honestly, that this is really going to pay off for people as individuals when they go after the state of Florida. Uh, because right now, the state of Florida is one of the few places that doesn't have federal income tax that comes out of our personal wages, don't come out of our paychecks. And then if they do that, that's going to be only a couple places up where it can't happen. Uh, but also, we, I don't want to see any increase of taxes, honestly, in any way in which we uh, tax our people here in Florida. But I'm also thinking about what kind of benefits they'll get paid off in the end if it really goes through. And pretty much the case in any class action lawsuit, if they do win in the end, pretty much all of the people who signed on to it, they're all going to get something that's going to be really, really almost nothing. Just a small payoff of almost no significance and the people who will have benefited the most will be the lawyers in the end so the lawyers are going to get something fantastic and all of the so-called victims all of the plaintiffs they will get almost nothing and the state of florida who will have been the defendants uh they will be the people who will have had to find a way to pay out but here's the thing the government doesn't do anything to generate any wealth to generate any income so see the defendant in this case as you and me we will have to find a way to produce the money to pay the plaintiffs in this case and to pay their representation in this case which are going to be just a few attorneys and then to generate those funds to pay for the court and pay for the attorneys and pay off all the plaintiffs is going to be all of us you, me, your neighbors, all of your friends, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why are you going to go after your friends and your neighbors and your family to help cover the cost of a charity because a website was slow? No, let's go after the creators of the website. If somebody needs to take the fall for this, let's just go after the creators of the website, maybe get a refund because the website didn't work properly, and in the meantime, see what we can do to help the people who actually need the help in much more meaningful ways in much more tangible ways, because that's another thing about court cases, they usually aren't fast. Anyhow, that's all I have for today. If you're still watching the video, I really want to thank you for uh, finishing it. I appreciate that. And I'm going to come back with some more in the future, so please be sure to check back with us again. I am Dave, and this is Right All Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. Mm -hmm.